audio jungle. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Saturday at 10, 10 in the morning. gentlemen and welcome to the truckers podcast i'm your host doug how's everybody doing so far today saturday first day of the weekend hope everybody had a good week everybody taking care out there doing the best that that you can so as you know um, here in uh, Ontario and other parts of Canada, um, kids, um, or some of them, have returned to in-class learning. Other parts of Canada and provinces um, where kids have not. So when should kids go back to school? That's the million dollar question. So, parents, medical experts, and provincial governments are weighing the risks of sending kids to school during a pandemic against the potential mental health issue of keeping them at home. While it's understandably a difficult dilemma, some medical experts believe keeping children at home should only be used in dire circumstances. Well, here in Ontario, you know, we're the, you know, we have the highest, the second highest um, infection rate in all of Canada. The province of Quebec leading the way with the most infection rate. Now, before the the, uh, the Christmas break, you know, I could say that you know, pretty much every single school in Ontario had an outbreak. Now, when staff has to stay home because they came in contact with somebody who had had COVID students you know and before the lockdown parents were going to work and now their kids have to stay home because they were part of that group that got notified that they had come in contact with somebody with covid now they have to stay home and self-isolate for uh, 14 days 
And you know, it's especially hard on single parents. Now they have to, you know, miss two weeks of work. Schools become short on staff. So a new re uh, report from the, the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto suggests the, the uh, suspension of uh, in-learn personal learning should be a last resort for the pandemic control due to the, due to the impact of prolonged closure as on children. They have a little thing here on this. You know, so what they could be doing is um, you know, I have the active active screening um, to prevent systematic individuals from entering the school. You know, in order to prevent the spread of SARS-CoV-2 infection, students, teachers, and other employees who have signed symptoms of COVID-19, according to the Ministry of Health, local public health guidance, must stay home and decisions about testing and returning to school should be guided by the Provincial Public Health Authority. In addition, the return to school decision for those who have had, the, had an exposure to SARS-CoV-2 should be in accordance with local public health recommendations. Well, that's what we've been doing. We've been doing that already. So should they, you know, so active screening for students, should they be doing this at school before they enter the building or should have active screening at home? I mean, parents know their children best. They know when a child isn't feeling well. Should, be, should they be taking their temperature before class, uh, before going to school and upon returning home? So some examples. Screening by parents and caregivers prior to arrival at, at the school. We strongly recommend that parents and caregivers be empowered to play an active role in the daily screening of their children and youth prior to them leaving for school. A standard checklist should be provided for the parents, caregivers, older students, older students for the purpose. Language and literacy considerations will be important. Parents, caregivers may require access support from a healthcare provider and or local public health units when they are they unsure. This is especially the case for children and youth with underlying medical uh, conditions and chronic symptoms. 
And should they be doing screening by by the school staff at the at the school entry? Daily screening on site provides reassurance that the screening has been completed. However, it may result in safety concerns because of an increased lines, crowding and mixing between children, youth and parents, caregivers, and the need to use non-school property, you know, waiting on the sidewalks, blocking traffic flow overflow into the streets. Therefore, it's not practical without significant staggering of start times. Consideration would also need to be given to the process during the inclement weather conditions, i.e. very cold weather and rain. Would that even be practical? Probably not. If screening students as they enter the school is selected as a strategy, additional staff and infrastructure resources would be required and the appropriate training provided to them to effectively complete the task. This is getting more people into the building. You want to keep staff and teachers and students at the level they are already, and you really don't want to start bringing other people in to do these tests. You know, especially at the high school level, multiple entry points to the school should be considered to reduce crowding and unnecessary interaction cohorts. On-site temperature measurement or pulse or meter are not recommended because fever are not consistent symptoms in children and youth present in only minor, minor, in minor cases and will result in lines, delays, school entries for what has been shown be an effective screening strategy to date. Oh no, ladies and gentlemen. What do they need to do before kids go to school and stuff like that? Parents are the first line of defense. They understand their children. Now, the experts, many of whom advise the Ontario government and return to school protocol, said virtual classrooms should be as time limited as possible, given how much they can harm the learning for some children. It's in their strong opinion that an in-person school model with robust application of the recommended risk mitigation interventions is the best option for an overall health and learning perspective for children of all ages, allowing for consistency, stability, quality, the report states. 
Following a halt in person classes after the holidays, schools in Northern Ontario, Ontario reopened on January 11th, while seven health units, primary and eastern Ontario, resumed in person classes on Monday. These kids need to go back to school. Ontario's acting medical officer of health, they need it for their education, they need it for their mental health and their social lives. We all need that. We all need to get back to work. We all need to get back to what normal, what normal was. For our social lives and our mental health, along with school children and high school children, universities, workplaces of all, of all kinds. In other parts of the country, high school age students in Quebec returned to class on Monday after younger students had returned a week prior. In British Columbia, most jurisdictions are also back in person learning. Those students in Vancouver area are splitting their days between in person and online study. Here in Ontario, Kids going back to school has been extended till February the 10th. You know, because not only are we here in a lockdown, we're also, we have a stay at home order. <clears throat> now, students in the greater Toronto area and other parts of the Southern Ontario will not be returning to class until at least February the 10th. And that's all going to depend on the case count. Public transmission. And that's all going to rely on all of us too, because you know what? Yeah, we need to to do our, our um, essential shopping. And is it really necessary to be lining up outside of a building, you know, halfway down the block and around the corner, waiting to get into a big box store? Is there something there that that is really necessary? Just you know, I, I I get it. They sell food in some big box store, but maybe it's time just to lock off the other areas of these big box box stores, the WalMarts and the Costco's. Maybe we just need to have more online ordering and curbside pickup. Less contact. Our numbers here in Ontario has been coming down somewhat, but not enough. Somewhat, sorry, but not enough. In order to, to lift the lockdown or stay at a stay-at-home order, our cases would have to have to be low, have to be below a thousand. 
yesterday, I think they reported something like 2,700 cases. <clears throat> and they're talking about in, in about a three-week period, um, looking at kids going back to school. Students in the greater Toronto area and other parts of Southern Ontario won't be learning, will not be returning to class until at least February 10th, like I said. In order to keep schools open in these COVID-19 hotspots, the sick, the sick kids report suggests students should be tested if they come in contact with anyone who has been tested positive for this virus but it doesn't recommend widespread testing for asymptomatic children, which has been considered previously. It is anticipated that we will continue to detect cases of systematic and asystematic SARS-CoV-2 infections in schools, and it's important that the public health authorities in school be prepared to respond to cases involving both students and staff. The report states that includes the need for readily available testing and contact tracing, which is critical for the timely detention of the avoidance of outbreaks. So it goes without saying, ladies and gentlemen, What are we supposed to be doing every single day? In order to get people back to work, in order to get these schools open, all these measures handed down by healthcare professionals and from the government of, last, uh, of mask wearing and sanitized not gathering in large groups. Simple things. And yet if I need to go out somewhere and I drive by these big stores, lineups galore, You know, is that really necessary? Having people over besides just the family that live in the household is not necessary. You know, right now, um, Ontario has put another 300 people out across the province to investigate rule breakers in the grocery stores, big box stores, to make sure that they're following protocol. They've already issued fines to over 67 businesses. breaking safety protocols. 
That's why it's so important as adults. That we have to follow what is asked of us. Big corporations need to get in line and make sure that your staff is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Until our numbers start coming down enough to, to lift the, the, uh, the shutdown and the stay at home order, orders, it's going to take some time. Even though more than 5,000 Ontario students have tested positive for COVID-19 since the classes reopened opened in the fall, there remains some uncertainty as how effective this virus spreads in the classroom. In BC, Vancouver, Coastal Health said last week that there has not been a significant increase in cases of COVID-19 in school-aged children since school began in September compared to other age groups. Given this uncertainty, the researchers of the University of Western Ontario argue that the reopening of classes is the perfect time to find out for sure how easily COVID-19 spreads at school. Well, we found out already, that's why the schools are closed. They believe cluster randomized traits should be conducted once in-person classes resume in Southern Ontario. Cluster randomized traits will require keeping random schools closed and others open and tracking the virus among both sets of the students. I don't know whether that's going to work or not, ladies and gentlemen. How did this school open the next school down the street closed? So on and so forth. I know that's something that would work. I don't really know. Um, Doing studies like that, um, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's an option. You know, we've seen a huge shift in clinical medicine, whereby most treatments that patients are prescribed or are supported by the high quality evidence, doctors said in a news release, when we're dealing with public policies around public health or education, there isn't that same robust evolution of these policies. You know, given the options that we have from the healthcare professionals handed down to the governments, of when schools should be reopening. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug. So I was just uh, a little recap. Um, when should kids go back to school? 
Here in Ontario, Canada, we are in a lockdown in a stay-at-home order. Some kids around the, um, uh, Canada, different provinces, um, have returned to in-class learning. Here in Ontario, they have not. And it's a question of when they should be going back to school. Ontario has the second highest case of COVID-19 in the entire country. Medical professionals are saying that our numbers need to be low, has to be below a thousand before we even reconsider of lifting the lockdown and the stay at home orders. Go without saying, you know, to when, when, when should kids be going back to school? So if you are a parent, you know, and, and they talk about, um, when they're talking about reopening the schools, what kind of testing can they be doing? You know, what they were current, uh, concerned about before every kid goes into the classrooms or into the building that they're screened. And that would just pose a problem with everybody hanging out together, long lineups, cold weather. So where, you know, where should the best line of defense begin? And that's at home. Because parents, there's no other person that knows their kids better than parents. Making sure before they leave to go to school is that they have washed their hands, sanitized their hands, the parents have taken their temperature. And this should be done you know, hygiene in the schools, you know, kids still be able to go out for recess. They're running around, touching each other and everything, chasing each other, coming back into the into the school where they're gonna need to wash their hands, sanitize their hands, wear their masks, get back behind their desks. Because here in Ontario, southern part of Ontario where I reside, they're talking about, well, they pretty much made the decision that the um, in-class in learning won't return until February the 10th. Now that's just a, a date. That doesn't mean that they're gonna return on that date because they were supposed to return back on January the 11th, and they didn't. 
And then we had the stay at, stay at home order implemented on top of the lockdown. Researchers at the University of Western Ontario here in the city, you know, look at it as, you know, putting kids back into the classroom, you know, and reopening of the classes is the perfect time to find out for sure how easily COVID-19 spreads at schools. Pretty much all the schools here in Ontario had an outbreak. That's why schools are closed. Our case counts have shot up. coming down somewhat. But they need to come down a whole lot more. Healthcare professionals are saying that, like I said, the cases have to drop below a thousand. And that's and that's just to get the people back to work. The economy and all different sectors are in trouble. You know, a 30-day lockdown doesn't seem like a long time. But in fact, it's a long time for those who are not at work, not making a paycheck. And they talk about the mental health of children, the mental health of adults. How this plays in society. As human beings, the social interaction that we need for mind health to be able to be around people every single day. For school children, online learning is a problem. Being staying focused, looking at a screen and then obviously they have homework to do and that homework is online learning as well. And we talk about screen time with children, already that's a problem because of video games. Because when they're in class and the teacher standing up before them, there is no screen time. For the entire 
day for their entire full day of school. And yet after they've done their online learning, they're still on the screen. No social interactive at all. Well, you have your brother and your sister at home, you know. You know, everybody's in everybody's face. Everybody's got to find a room in the home to get away from everybody. Because mom and dad may not be going to work, or maybe one parent is going to work. You know, it's difficult times on, on everybody. Having these, having these lockdowns, stay at home orders. You know, could they, could they have done it differently? Could they had, you know, let the lockdown write itself out? before you throw throw in a, a stay-at-home order on top of a lockdown. And even with these stay-at-home orders, like I said about the big box stores, whether it's the grocery stores, the Walmarts, the Costco, Over the past week, you know, there was something like 67 tickets handed out to the big box stores and grocery stores in violation. And that's just stemming from you know, when you when you go up to the checkout and you put your groceries on the little conveyor and it slides down to the cashier or the cashier not wiping them down after every use. Big box stores were being fined because of the crowds waiting to get in. And we're supposed to have a stay at home order. Only supposed to be going out for essential things. And we're wondering why our kids are not back in school. I don't think the lockdown has worked. And the stay at home orders is, is certainly not working. And all the hot spots. You know, when we, you know, when we did the lockdowns here in Ontario, um, Toronto and the Peel region and the York region were the first ones to go into lockdown because they were the hot spots. And then right after theirs got extended, and then the government extended for all of Ontario. But those hot spots, those numbers still stayed up. And here we are 30 days of our initial for the rest of the province locks down 
and Toronto being all two months into lockdown, their numbers are still up. Nearly a thousand cases just in the city of Toronto reported yesterday. So their numbers have never come down. And they, and that city in Ham, uh, and, and even in the, in the uh, I'm sorry, the Peel region in the York region of Toronto, for the, for the two months that they've been in lockdown, their numbers have not gone down. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know. I've been out here many times, and I, and I, and I say to people, you know, just follow the rules. Just let's get this done. Stop with the large crowds, these anti-marches and, the, and these anti-mass slackers, and all the BS. You know, start being part of the solution and stop being part of the uh, of the problem. Because the sooner we all get in line, the sooner we can reopen. The sooner the kids can get back in class. You know, last year in, in uh, 2020, you know, when the March break came around for the, for the kids and the schools, you know, having that week off, that got extended every 30 days and until the entire school year was diminished. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. I was out here this morning talking about when should kids go back to school? And how they, you know, suggestions of of, um, of researchers and doctors, and you know how how things can can work, and and they're just, you know, piling up these ideas potentially how things might work, and you know how they're going to get back back into class. You know, different areas of the country. You know because their case counselors are, are so low, the kids can go back to school. But our case counts here in Ontario are really high. You know, everybody's trying to throw ideas out there and that's what I see. You know, they really need to sit down and have a real plan. A real plan that's going to be effective in a real plan that is going to work. We just can't be flying ideas all over the place and oh grab this one oh maybe that one might work oh over here this one might work 
You know, kids want to go back to school. I have two grandchildren or, or school-aged children. They want to go back to school. They miss their teachers. They miss their friends. You know, how much of this online learning are the kids actually learning? It's proven difficult for some, especially for children with a, who doesn't have, you know, a really big attention span. proving difficult for them. And like I said, it's already bad enough. It's already bad enough that, you know, the kids are, st are staring at a screen. And video gaming on an epic level of kids with the technologies in their hands consistently and now even more because they have to do online learning. Start time for, for other parts uh, of the province. You know, they've returned, some of the returned to school last week. Other areas of Canada, you know, they will return, you know, coming Monday. You know, but safely getting the kids back to school, safely reopening up the schools is the same as safely getting people back to work and safely reopening up businesses. On the family unit itself, with parents, and potentially both parents who are not working at home with the kids every single day. You know, that's certainly gonna incur tension. Single parents struggling. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I can just tell you, you know, my thoughts. And then only tell you the, the uh, decisions made by the healthcare professionals and the government. and that they are working on this on a daily basis of coming up with a plan that's going to work. Now, February 10th, here in the part of the, of the province that I live in is the day that kids are to return back to school. That's Two and a half weeks, three weeks away. 
you know, whether it will be back to one day in class for high school students and one day online learning. Will it be full time for kids in grade school? I guess that all really depends on all of us, I guess. You know, following the rules, doing our part and helping getting the numbers down by following the rules. I guess we have a, a part to play in that as well. Because how else are the numbers going to come down? How and when are they going to start to reopen businesses? I guess that depends on us. You know, even our Prime Minister of Canada, you know, he said the other day, he said, if you have any travel plans outside of Canada and the upcoming March break, he's telling them to cancel their trips because you don't know when the government is going to make the decision on travel. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the show. So you may get stuck in your destination because he's banned incoming flights into Canada. That could happen. I've seen some bit of a drop in cases here in Ontario, but probably not enough to start opening up businesses. I am from London, Ontario, Canada. And here, and every like every province across the uh, across the country are doing you know different measures and everything with this COVID nineteen. Um, here in Ontario, um, we are in a lockdown and a stay at home order. Being the second highest in case counts. In the country. Well, welcome from India. It's a pleasure to have you here. You know, I was just going to click on this here and see what day this happened at. Uh, what's the date on this article?
Well, you know, this is this is nice for Ontario, you know, because, you know, Ontario reports uh, fewer than 2,400 new cases. And that's down from about 3,900. But we've seen it drop before and we've seen it come right back up again. And like I said, all the hot spots, you know, the city of Toronto and the in the Peel regions and the York regions that surround this that the city of Toronto, they were the first to go into a lockdown before the rest of the province did. So they've been in a lockdown for over two months. And the rest of the province is just coming up on 30 days. And then back on January the 14th, they, they added the stay at home order. But yet, the Toronto, the Peel regions, and the York regions remain the hotspots. Their numbers have never dropped. And the first time in a while here in the city of London, our cases. Dropped below a, a hundred. At one point, it was at 160 cases, and it dropped down to about 56 cases here in the city of London. Those numbers need to keep dropping. We have to be you know, flattening the curve. Just like they, they, they came out when, you know, back in February and last March, when you always heard it, you know, flatten the curve. And that's what we have to do. We managed it pretty well in the first wave. You know, over the summer months, people people were able to go um, to their, their campsites, their their cottages, go golfing, going to the beach, doing all these things. Now, what kind of a reopening plan we're going to have right now? Because you know, we are in a second wave. And the second wave is worse than the first. So our our so our top health officials here and our government. You know, this one here, this was, uh, yeah, so when I was talking about, um, so, our, so our, our chief medical officer here in Ontario, um, 
he says that the, the uh, reported daily cases should be around or below a thousand before the lockdown orders can be lifted. So, and having 2,600 cases reported the other day but down from around 3,800 to 3,900. So the cases are starting to drop. But is that enough to get our children back into school? And right now the Ontario government has three weeks to get that plan in order So children can go back to school. They've done this before. They've given a timeline for when kids can go back to school and they kept doing that last year. On such and such a date, the kids can return to school. And that date, a few days before that date came, no kids can't go to school. And eventually just wiped out the whole school year. Could that potentially happen again this time in 2021 during this second wave? Potentially it could. And that's just going to just depend on, on the rest of us. To bring out the best of us. Of following the rules and hopefully get these numbers down. Well, we're all still waiting for vaccines and the shortages of vaccines. Canada is not gonna get the required amount of what they ordered because Pfizer decided that they're gonna upgrade their facility in, in Belgium. like a last minute decision. We need a bigger facility. We need to pump up more vaccines. Obviously that's what they need to do. But how about last year and all this time that, you know, I, you know, you, you're working on these vaccines, knowing full well how big of a logistics this was going to be around the world. I appreciate them for working so hard on getting a vaccine. But it's something that we have to deal with. And, you know, the vaccines will be coming and then they'll be coming in punches. You know, maybe by the year 2022, everybody in Canada will be vaccinated. Maybe, I don't know. So I thank you, ladies and gentlemen, 
for joining me this fine Saturday morning. It's a little chilly out here today. Actually, I shouldn't say chilly. It's cold this morning here in Ontario. But let's get those thank yous out to our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors, our nurses, our paramedics, our police and our fire department. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And I thank you to my guests on my show, my listeners who around the world will listen later depending on what time it is in, in, in a part of the world, and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Trumpers Podcast. gentlemen this is the truckers podcast i'm your host doug from london ontario canada have a great day have a great weekend ladies and gentlemen and thank you